Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Student Pages podcast. Uh, I'm very excited for our first guest today. Uh, he's an incredible musician, uh, beatboxer, MC, DJ. Uh, he's very impressive and very amusing. It's Beardy Man. Hello, Beardy Man. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, well, this is this is actually a very special interview for me. So you were the first live music show I ever saw. What? Yeah. Wow. And you were the first show I ever saw at the Edinburgh Festival. Whoa! Do you remember uh, one album per hour? I do. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like it was that long ago. It was about three years ago. Yeah, I remember it well. I remember it well. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, I did the show called One Album Per Hour, which was where I would make a new album every night. It was madness. Can I swear on this? Um, I think try and refrain. If it slips out, it's it's why. Right. But it was it was it was balling awful. I can tell. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was really good, but it was um, it was arduous to do it because I was making a new album every night. And actually, while I was doing it, I, was, I toured the UK with this thing, um, and I genuinely was making this music. So I had this like whole computer setup where I was like live looping, uh, you know, all this stuff and all these keyboards I had and everything. So it's proper music based on audience suggestions. They put they'd write stuff down and they put it in this hat, and I'd get the hat, and then <laughs> I'd be like. But yeah, it was cool. I was doing it in these like theatres and stuff. At the same time, I was doing uh, the music for this Netflix series. So like in the dressing rooms during the interval and before and after and in the car on the way back uh, and to, you know, in like in, in service stations and stuff on the motorway, I was making the music for this Netflix series whilst I was making a new album. Every you night. were making it a lot of music. It was a stressful <laughs> time, but I made a, a lot of music. That's crazy. Well, I remember exactly what our album was called. What was it? Because I had to remember it because you said you were going to upload them. I uploaded some of them, but you, I didn't want to it, flood the internet with just hours and hours and hours. Oh, and hours. I've enough. still got the recordings. Oh, really? Maybe I'll like sell them. Well, our one, on if you can, if you can, if you can find it, it was. Um, it, I think the album was called Stephen Hawking's School of Dance, <laughs> which was insensitive then, but now. <laughs> it's, well, I didn't come up with that though. No, it no, it was an audience suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> but and the band <laughs> and the band was Pogo Sticks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was brilliant. I've got no memory of that. It was brilliant, and I, I, I was so impressed that it, the, al- the album spanned so many genres as well. Because, because you have a just a talent for making. You can make pretty much any noise, right? Would you say you can make any? No, noise? I can't make any noise. What noise? Are there noises you struggle with? I can go. I can go. I can go. clarify as well I've got a looper in front of me <laughs> I can make all those noises but um, not all at the same time but none of those noises were like that dope they were quite dope I don't know I'm my own worst critic maybe that was amazing I wouldn't. I know. like that I think you, <laughs> I think you proved your point though that you can, you can, you can certainly make noises um, I can make some noises but we can all make noises but no, lots of us are discouraged from doing so when we're young do you think so I encourage my children to make Weird noises. I don't know whether I should. I'm probably making them really strange, people. <laughs> but <laughs> but they'll, they'll be like, a I'll be like, well done. No one, encouraged, really no one encouraged you to make noises right, when you were young. No. Um, they actively tried to stop me, but I prevailed. I showed them. <laughs> <laughs> when did you yeah, start No, but it's funny because like, I'm, 
179 years old, and back in my day, there were no beatboxers that were really killing it. There was like the Fat Boys, who were not that well known in England and were rubbish at beatboxing, but they were the best there was. So they were like, which is crap. Um, and you had like Will Smith, who was also crap at mm. beatboxing, and you had Michael Winslow, who wasn't really a beatboxer, but he was genius. He's the guy from Police Academy, yeah, which probably came out like. 15 years before most people listening to this were born. Check out the Police Academy movies. Or actually don't, they're terrible. But check out the clips of the guy that makes the noises, Michael Winslow. He was dope. If not, ask your mum. But still, uh, yeah. Now there are beatboxers. Loads of them. Millions of them. All around the world. And they share noises on YouTube. And I, I was a judge the other day on a, uh, uh, it was a beatbox battle. It was like a, a loop station battle. So like people doing what I just did, but like even gooder. And like, I mean, yeah, it's mad. There's this whole beatbox community now. So like people don't, you know, if you started beatboxing today in 2019, people would be like, oh, dope, you're beatboxing. But like back in my day, when I was a kid, people would be like, what is that? Stop it. Because it was like a, a weird nervous habit, like it was Tourette's or something. No way. Um, so yeah, so a lot of beatboxers of my generation are sort of similar in with their, their genesis story where they'll be like, yeah, I was, you know, it was like a weird habit that people told me to stop doing. And then one day we're all out in a in a park being being silly, getting high, and then I started beatboxing, and everyone's like, "Damn!" That was my story, anyway. Wow. Are there any are there any noises that you've had to like perfect over the years? Um. Well, what is perfection if not illusory? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. I don't know. You can get away. You can pull off like trumpets and stuff. Anyone can do that. Go on. Um, well, I mean, you know, I'm always sort of trying to improve it. I mean, it's. Uh, I'll never sound exactly like any of the things I'm trying to imitate, but I say the thing. It's kind of bad acid nightmare trip at the end with the <laughs> reverb tail. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Could you do any genre, do you think? No. Like, well, yeah, but I could probably do like a a bad pastiche of any genre. What about Gregorian <laughs> chants? Yeah, dope. Um, sure. Um. I did not. I did not think you were gonna. But I mean, boom! Blew your mind, mate. Smash that. That was brilliant. Isn't it? I don't know. That's an easy one. Go on, give me a harder one. <laughs> could you do? What, could you mix two together? Mix what together? Could you mix garage and Gregorian chants? I mean, it will sound whack as fuck, but sure.
That wasn't whack. That was pretty dope, actually. That was not whack. It wasn't whack, was it? No. I'm pretty good. Yeah, Sweet. actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, actually quite no, good. No, that was good. But you might have asked me to do a combination that just didn't, you know, didn't work. And then yeah. um, that would have sucked. But luckily that was dope. No, well, <laughs> well done. I don't think I Thanks. don't think many people could have pulled that off, but that, that was great. Can I get a round of applause? Yeah. Yay, yay, yay. We've got some atmosphere. Fantastic. There's more people in this room than just you and I. It's a sweaty little box yeah, somewhere no, in Soho, isn't it? I'm really worried I'm showing up really pink on camera. This is what, this is what Oh, I happens. forgot this is being filmed. I completely forgot. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Hey. 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 Yeah. How are you? Fine. Don't tell me. I don't care. <laughs> um, mm. But I meant to ask you, because you have a song coming out. That's true. But you also... On which I do not beatbox at all. In, yeah, in which you do not beatbox at all. Yeah, it's the first song I've ever released in which there is none of the stuff I just did whatsoever. Well, I was going to um, ask you, because mm. for, for someone you can make an album every hour... Mm. Making it, making it like sitting down to record an actual track, can't be the same process because you could make music any time, any place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always like a sort of time, money, quality, sort of trifecta thing. You know, you can you can only have any two of those things, and I think the same goes for music sometimes. Or you've got to be in the the right frame of mind, the right space, or the right setup, and the right equipment, and the right people around you, and the right vibes to kind of smash something out. That's kind of why I liked. That's why I like doing improvised music because there's always a vibe, and if it's a bit rough around the edges, that's cool. Um, but yeah, um, I've been working on a lot of music for the last sort of couple of years. I've been in hiding a bit because uh, had twins, and that's mental. Because um, I don't know if anyone listening to this has twins, um, but oh my god! <laughs> so, I don't yeah. have twins. I don't, I can't no. Uh, so yeah, I've just been kind of like ra raising them, sort of making music in the background. But this one particular track is, um, uh, it's one that yeah, it samples um, Joe Rogan, uh, the podcaster and comedian, um, uh, reading out the daily drug routine of Hunter S. Thompson, and. Um, yeah, I was just listening to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this needs to be a tune." So I made it a tune. Is that what happened? You listened to this, the 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 Joe Rogan interview, and then you were like, "I need to sample this." I mean, I've been listening to Joe Rogan for years, um, which doesn't make me special. Millions of people have been <laughs> to Joe Rogan for years, but like, yeah, no, I was just like, "Why isn't that a tune?" So I've made it into a tune. Yeah, it is crazy. But the daily it is, routine, it but it's funny because it's kind of snowballed where it's been kind of. Um, I mean, no, <laughs> no one's heard this track yet, but you're about to. Like, it's got this amazing video that is coming out. Um, attached to the track which is completely nuts comes from left field from this guy called Ian Pons Jewel who I hadn't heard of previously but turns out he's a genius um, and he pitched for this video idea and it is the most unreal not safe for work piece of madness that I've ever that I'd ever read when I read the pitch for it and I was like that's that's so mad surely not and then I saw his portfolio of all his work and I was like oh my god he's a genius Yeah, I think he's actually gonna pull this off and um and he has done. They're doing all the CGI at the moment, so I'm not going to give too much away. But it's the most mental, mental thing I've ever been involved in really? in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's completely insane. I, I'm expecting it to take the internet by some sort of storm, some level, a category four or five, maybe at least storm, wow. internet storm. Category five. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. It's it's either going to be an enormous success or I'm going to be cancelled within the first two minutes of it being on the internet really? I, don't, I don't know it's is mental. that because you, you've been on your <laughs> you've been on your Twitter talking about how you've got a big something big coming 
that you can't talk about with your very, is that a different this thing? is part of it this is this is this track is more or less what i've been talking about um which is mad that it's been uh it's such an insane journey to to to, for this track to be sort of made and released and everything um but yeah you said it had taken you two two years well i mean the track itself didn't but um it's kind of a big release for me this because the the video is unbelievably dope um it's going to be sort of properly out there on the in on the sort of music internet and um yeah i mean it's um it's been signed to rca which is crazy because in the past i've done stuff with major labels i mean sorry in independent labels which has been kind of more of a kind of lackadaisical affair of like yeah you know put some music out but this is very different this is like okay um let's shoot some dope cover art and everything so like i've um i spent uh about about half a day a couple of weeks ago <laughs> writhing around in a bath full of um uh, cigarette butts and and um like liquor bottles and like balloons and confetti and and like just wow, when the twins <laughs> champagne and just yeah because the track is this sort of <laughs> horrific list of inebriates that uh <laughs> that hunter s thompson would imbibe every day yeah uh, for those who don't know hunter s thompson is a writer was a writer he dead now it's a shame. I cried the day he died. Um, yeah, he, he he was just immensely prolific and hugely important in um, in American subculture and in, in American political life, actually, um, in the 1960s. He wrote a book called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is arguably his best work, some may say. Certainly his most iconic and well-known, but um, that got made into a film by Terry Gilliam starring Johnny Depp in 1991, two something like that anyway it's dope it's unbelievably dope and um yeah you gotta check that shit it's so cool Fantastic. what was your question <laughs> honestly it sounds it sounds like you're really passionate about this project i just wanted to let you talk about it for a bit oh yeah safe no I'm, i can't remember my original question but no no i'm fine. hugely no it's crazy to think like um you know uh, this is uh i mean it's an exciting thing for me because i've like i say like everything i've done in the past there's been some sort of vestige of my beginnings, which was that I was always a, a beatboxer. I started off, you know, 2000 and, Jesus, what was it, six? I was like winning, you know, the national beatbox competition championship, you know, and then the next year I won it as well. And then the year after that I was a judge and all that. So, but then in the end, I was touring the world doing just beatbox, but very quickly I started to do more looping stuff. And then that's progressed to, sort of all other avenues I've taken it to but like this is nothing to do with any of that this mm. is just pure just a, a track that I've made do you feel like maybe you you can't stick to doing one thing for a long time like you, you prefer to kind of like yeah as you've seen when I try to answer a question all your talents point. no no yeah. <laughs> but yeah. rather than just doing beatboxing or just doing you know working on your tech stuff or just yeah know. I have no patience it's terrible yeah it's oh, really it's bad it's a, ba- it's a bad quality to have it's kind of like a sort of deep deep-seated ADD well if you've managed to be successful in all of these <laughs> different fields you know because um, I, I mentioned it briefly but you the the beardy Tron <laughs> right the bit what is the beardy Tron 5000 yeah it's a machine I built yeah to tra- transmogrify um audience suggestions into into music but actually no I that show that you saw yeah was kind of a showcase for it yeah, yeah, but I thought I, so. I only made it because I'd always had this twisted vision that you could 
start with no idea of what you're going to do and sort of make music in real time. And I'm not the only one to have that dream, but I think I was one of the only people mad enough to, mm. to try and actually do it. But the stuff that I've got now that I play live with is, it's different again from that. So it's actually based around Ableton, which for those who don't know is a, um, it's a computer program and it allows you to make tunes. But it's uh, it's not something that I've designed myself. But yeah, that thing that you saw me doing the show with was yeah. like, it was software that I had built yeah. specifically for me. So you've written, mad I mean, you've just, <laughs> your music making career has been so, it's gone through these different stages. Weird, pretty unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. I've done all kinds of mad stuff. Like, I really have. I, I played on, um, like, I think the, the lineup that I'm the most like, pleased with that I was ever on was between Chaz and Dave and Square Pusher <laughs> which is like for those who don't know Square Pusher is like kind of music and Chaz and Dave like it says more about the it says more about the rave than me uh, it was um, Bang Face the Bang Face Weekender oh right do you know about Bang Face is that even still going it's madness it's um, yeah as you might imagine from the name it was hardcore um, like I went in there on day three and it was at Canberra Sands, I think it was, I think it was Pontins, and um, <laughs> and they were showing the the uh, early eighties um, uh, nuclear apocalypse film Threads on the uh, closed circuit TV system around this like sort of horrible holiday oh, camp, yeah. and um, and that was pretty bleak. And then there was just like bodies everywhere. There were just people just like covered in their own vomit and urine, just lying in stairwells, just groaning, um, and like the whole place stank. Um, and there was just like apocalyptic kind of like you know Aphex kind of music you know pouring out everywhere and it was mad and then they had Chaz and Dave on yeah why were Chaz what were Chaz and Dave doing there <laughs> um, I don't know <laughs> I think it's because they, you know like on the, the the Sunday slot at Glastonbury is always someone a bit bit quirky right right so I think that's what they wanted to do something like that <coughs> just because like, if you're mashed on a uh, day yeah. three of a really really like, hardcore rave yeah maybe you want some Chaz and Dave <laughs> you know what I mean fair enough <laughs> it's the equivalent of a roast <laughs> well we were we were talking about sampling earlier when we were talking about the sample uh, the Joe Rogan sample and uh, another another well another sample that everyone knows you for well they don't necessarily know it's you we've got to talk about um, on, on Eat Sleep Rave Repeat yeah, you recorded thing. so th- how th- you recorded like 15 minutes of, of nonsense. just of not yeah, just dribble. <laughs> well, not nonsense. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. So wait, barely so, legible garbled drug talk. Yes, yeah, that perf- perfectly sums it up. But <laughs> the sample on Eat Sleep Rave Repeat is taken from you just Me rambling shit for fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, I sort of knew Norman Cook from Brighton, where he was like the the king of Brighton, and I was sort of this young punk knocking about being silly on microphones in little bars and stuff and um, I was sort of yeah I don't know we ended up meeting at all different events and stuff and sort of sort of became matey and all that and then he we sort of got in the studio to record something else that never saw the light of day um, but then he was like I've got this one idea for this tune called Eat Sleep Rave Repeat he's like I think I might have seen something like it on a t-shirt but I was like that would be a banging like riff he's like look I've just got this like old house tune that I want you to say it over and I'm going to use it for the cover of, cover of my like DJ mag mix whatever it was um, so yeah I thought nothing more of it and then it turns out that Norman Cook was on a private jet with Calvin Harris and um, he played in this tune and Calvin was like give me it um, and it took him an hour to make 
wow. a tune that like set the world by storm like that tune whether you like it or not <laughs> you would have heard it I've heard you say <laughs> it was like the, the stupidest thing you've ever done or the silliest now, it thing it was pretty dumb done. I mean like no it wasn't dumb actually it was pretty cool but it was but only because it was like it was like a well realised concept because that's the thing about Norman Cook is that mm. he's very good at concept led house if that is indeed a thing and um, working with him was interesting because, I mean, I know it sounds like it's quite highfalutin talk to be talking about a tune as kind of apparently vacuous as Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat. That was just me chatting Breeze for 15 minutes and then cut up. But it was done to a concept which was like um, Norman being like, uh, can you imagine that and can you do this in like a sort of a sort of New York-ish accent, maybe kind of mid mid-Atlantic twang, which is what he likes to have over tunes it's like a thing he, he has but then he's like um yeah chat breeze as if you've been up for three days and i'm like all right he's like you know just t tell us the whole story of what you've been up to and all that and i was like do you know what it's been a while since i've been up for three days um <laughs> but and so you have twins hit, come on <laughs> yeah right I mean, no one <laughs> not was, that no one was heard tune uh, about about that not that kind of bend like, yeah no, changed enough changed enough changed enough changed and no one, no one was that <laughs> but like um no, uh, yeah, so me and Norm and Reva Star, who is a, the other guy who was on the tune as well, were just brainstorming, just telling each other all the madness stories from our, like, raving years that were just... We had this, like, A4 page of these ridiculous stories that had all happened to each of us. Some of them had happened to my mates, some of them had happened to Norm's mates and Reva's right. mates, and like, some of them happened to us. Yeah, so... Yeah, who had the craziest stories? I think we all had like equally mad stories, like just dumb shit that people. As you know, I mean, I can't even remember what they all were now. No. It's up there on SoundCloud. It's like one of my most listened to SoundCloud things is me chatting shit for and fifteen all, minutes, just are, telling. Are they all like real, real stories? They're all real stories. Well, yeah, a lot of it is. Yeah, a lot of it is. Wow. But what I like is that like um, there was these two guys that I knew in uni. Um, and one of them like picked up the other one and was like, mm, shit, sorry, mate. I thought you were an object. And that made me laugh so much for years and years. And I finally got it into a tune. And then that ended up, like, people were dancing to that. So I've never actually, I haven't spoken to them in years. One of them's called Mario and the other one was, what was his fucking name? But like, yeah, I wonder if they hear the tune and they're like, I'm sure I remember wow. saying that to you in a bathroom in 2001. I thought you were an object. <laughs> sorry, mate. I thought you were an object. That's, that's oh, it's like the classic thing when you're out raving and you suddenly start like typing. You're like, shit, what am I doing? And you're like just tripping that you're at a computer or something. <laughs> yeah. But do you have do you have like a craziest <laughs> party story or something like that you can share with us quickly? Oh man, it's been a while since I've really got on it. Do you know what I mean? Man, I've done all kinds of stupid stuff. I, was, I mean, there were a lot. I was I was in some Eastern European country somewhere. I forget even which one it was. Jesus, where was it? Slovakia, I think. And I was there with this um these two MCs. I was. Um, like playing with at the time and and they had to drag me off the mic at this after party was, I've done some, <laughs> so luckily I don't remember any of it but it was probably deeply deeply shameful sort of <laughs> awful kind of like man on stage thinking he's emceeing but just ranting into the crowd <laughs> I can't remember I have oh, no really? idea. <laughs> yeah. that, was the, that was the last time I think I got sort of like blackout messy but I can't mm. <laughs> I can't remember were you at uni <laughs> were, you a, <laughs> were you a party kid at uni or what kind of person were you when you were a student <laughs> You went to Sussex, I right? I was a student. Young and stupid, I think. Quite messy. But, yeah. What was your... I wouldn't advise it. No. I wouldn't advise wasting your your youth and your 
your uh, brain development on um, recreational there we go activities i would advise that should, that should be the takeaway uh yeah well yeah i mean you know i speak from experience when i say that um drugs kill brain cells <laughs> that's why i keep pausing in the middle of sentences <laughs> <laughs> so you keep my, forgetting the question my neurons have all got disconnected over the years. <laughs> I was, yeah i was much sharper i think when i was like 20 years old but yeah i don't know yeah but you finished uni yeah oh yeah i finished uni well i was doing philosophy and then I finished that, and then I went for another. Uh, yeah, and then I went for another course. Uh, I was at Sussex. So I went for another course at um, Brighton, doing mm. um, another undergrad degree in product design because that's kind of always what I'd wanted to do. Oh, wow. But I think I've been smoking too much, and I thought that philosophy was like of value. Yeah. So I <laughs> decided, what if I just think for yeah. ages and oh. then <laughs> write an essay about it? You're such a classic philosophy kid, and I think about it. Is it? Do you know I that it's imagine. funny? There's another. There's a guy called Tim Exile who um, was until a few years ago he was making mad breakcore and really weird, twisted kind of you know warp records style mm. oddness, and um, you know smashing it in his own very weird way. He would be playing at Bangface and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But he's a genius, and he was making his own machines to play live music with and improvise with and stuff like that. Wow. And he was one of my inspirations. Turns out he did philosophy, and I think Jamie Liddell who did a very similar thing who was an early inspiration of mine who's another genius like um i think he did philosophy as well there's yeah. yeah if you if you're the kind of person that finds philosophy interesting then you probably like taking things back to their yeah their most basic and kind of rebuilding things from scratch which is it's what a lot of, of these things. philosophers have done and they're all mental it's, one of those it's best not to do it so <laughs> i always preferred like product design as a discipline because then it's more of you have a, a problem and then you have to find a practical solution that you can do within budget constraints and you know, manpower constraints. You've got constraints to work with. You've mm. got a deadline. So I like, but philosophy is just kind of aimless noodling, sort of cognitive befuddlement, and just sort of getting lost in a, getting lost in your confusion and enjoying that confusion. But that's a, it's a bit kind of like rud- rudderless drifting in a in a sea of of insanity. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you have uh, when when you were doing? That's interesting. You did two undergrad degrees. When you were doing those, did you? Well, have I didn't. F- I didn't finish the. Oh, you didn't finish the, Okay. Because uh, music started paying. And oh I was really? Like, well, I'm going to give this a shot, mm. and so that one decision nice. rendered me unemployable. Yeah, we take it back. Forth. Don't stay in school. <laughs> I, know, I can never, I can never give life advice to anyone. <laughs> I, I would never be so arrogant as to assume that I've got any genuinely good advice to offer anyone. Everyone's got to find their own path, mm. learn from everyone's stories. Yeah, you know but I, mean? what, uh, I can only tell you what I've done. Mm. Can't say anyone else should do it. What what I was going to ask was if you had, when you were at uni, did you have any kind of outlet for what you were doing? Oh, yeah. Well, I had, um, I was doing like, you know, really bad student plays and um, I formed a really, really bad band of just like my mates. It was just a bit of fun. Um, and I was doing kind of improv shows and stuff like that. And I think some of it was probably decent most of it probably wasn't but like um so yeah there were outlets for this kind of thing and i was doing beatbox in those you were okay um but yeah it became a thing slowly but surely and then i met this mc called uh at that time he called himself mc emphasize now he calls himself clumsy tongue um he's really good at names and um <laughs> but no he he's really talented an amazing freestyler and we started doing like hour-long freestyle sets just two mics and we were sort of just sort of playing around loving the small time and just doing what we could do and i think that's where i grew into being 
someone who is comfortable with uh, with doing live performance and being a bit cheeky on the mic and sort of going with my gut rather than my brain and seeing, you know, just having the sort of balls to pursue an idea no matter how weird. Mm. That was when that really became a thing. And then I sort of used that when I was doing the beatbox sort of championship stuff. And I've always tried to keep that vibe <coughs> in everything I've done. I think this tune still has that vibe. It's completely mental. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, yeah. well, cause when you were, you said that when you were coming up, like there weren't, she said there weren't many people beatboxing. No, they weren't. No. I mean, there were, I mean, some of the guys that were doing it then are still around now. Um, Pete Box um, was one of the earlier guys. See what he did there with his name. Yeah, Pete Box is good. He's dope. He's like a a really good drummer. He plays guitar as well. Does beatboxing and looping and stuff. Solid dude as well. Um, Shlomo as well. Oh, yeah. Um, He's dope. He's doing like all kinds of madness now. Um, He's kind of been like a sort of resident on the park stage, I think he was in Glastonbury. Mm. And um, did loads of collaborative work. He just released his own kind of um, album of tracks from the heart. A lot of them are like sort of really sad. And that's like a first for him to plumb his emotional depths. There's a girl called Bellatrix um, who is unbelievably dope. She's really cool. Um, she she was the, the the world female beatbox champion and she now doesn't beatbox anymore. She just does like her own singing project. She's an incredible um, double bass player as well. There's a lot of talent in the beatbox community and now, I mean, you should see it. That's a whole other conversation what mm. beatbox has turned into now. Like I didn't even realize I kind of slept on that stuff there was a guy beatboxing on the train on the way here yeah right yeah literally yeah they're everywhere it's like a disease but honestly the the state of beatbox today the state of it like <laughs> it, it's really it's amazing yeah the standard do you, do you think like if ratcheting if, if there had been like a really active community when you were coming up do you think you would have been encouraged or, or discouraged because you know because of the competition yeah i yeah. don't know i mean if yeah for to be a younger guy because yeah then i was when I was just starting out, I was sort of young and hungry for success in this kind of mad field. Because if you think about it, beatbox is an effort to achieve the impossible. I know that right. sounds kind of grand, grandiose, but it's kind of, um, you're trying to make your mouth reproduce sounds that it it probably wasn't designed to. Um, so you've got to kind of, you know, psychoacoustically reverse engineer the sounds that you want to hear, or you just play around with your mouth until you can find a sound that you didn't know it could make before. Hmm. Or you try and imic- mimic the sounds that other people have have made, and um, and there's this vast lexicon now of all these kind of extra right. vocal sounds. Um, but again, I can't remember what your question was. Well, so well, it's I was, fine. I was just saying, <laughs> do you do you feel do you feel this? Would you have felt discouraged? Would I have started? If, if, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I who's who's to say, man? Yeah. Like I don't know. I always felt when I was a kid that something was being repressed in me when people told me to stop beatboxing. Right. Um, and then it was very obvious what I should do as soon as I heard. There was a guy called Razel who maybe isn't that widely known in the mainstream now, but he had mainstream success or certainly widespread underground hip-hop mm. notoriety. Like He was well-known in the circles I was in. And you know he would pack out these big rooms just beatboxing. And he had like really not much in the way of trickery at all. He had some subharmonic synthesis, which is this, like, it's like a synthesizer that follows your voice. But that was all he had, it was very subtle. But he would keep the crowd going for an hour with just his voice, no MC, no loops, nothing. And he was doing covers of big 
hip hop songs at the time, singing and beatboxing at the same time and all that kind of mm. stuff. You're nodding like maybe you know Rozelle. I know Rozelle. You know yeah, Rozelle, yeah. yeah. So any beatboxer will know Rozelle, but like most people don't because there's this whole new raft of beatboxers who are more well-known. Or people might have like their one pet beatboxer that they know these days, but everyone knows of it. When I started beatboxing, people thought it was fucking witchcraft. They were just like, how are you doing that? But you must like, have you must have kind of felt like that as well. You were like, I want to see what's what's possible. And then as you were working it out, you were like, oh my God, I can do so much with this. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's noises now that some of these kids can do right. that I couldn't even begin to... I mean, really? I've, I've started to try... There's this thing called a lip roll, right? Mm-hmm. And all the kids can do it. See, like, this is what I was interested in. This is what I was trying well, to... Well, I went to this, like, beatbox championship the other day to judge it, like I'm saying. It was in Poland. And, like, every motherfucker in the room could do a lip roll. And right. I would demonstrate for you, but I can't do it. <laughs> and it's like... It's, you basically, you go... Like that, but it doesn't go... It doesn't sound like that. It sounds right. like a big bass on that kind of thing right but I can't, I can't do it and it was, the interesting thing was I was talking to some of the beatboxers of my generation mm. who've been doing it for like you know 10-15 years and I think none of them could do it apart from one which is weird so it was maybe you have like a certain amount of neuroplasticity when you're younger in your basal ganglion I just made that <laughs> up I don't think that's a real part of the brain but I mean you know these young guys huh? maybe it's more possible to sort of change the way that you control parts of your body when you're at that key stage in your in your in your growth. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know because there's lots of neural plasticity things that have been disproved recently, saying that actually you can learn anything you want to at any age. I feel like that's true. But maybe maybe this disproves it. Maybe I need to submit a, a scientific paper lip roll. <laughs> to a journal about the lip roll. Yeah, yeah. I'll come back. We'll do we'll do another interview in a year's time. And, uh, <laughs> well, that I'll, sounds I'll quite. Good. I reckon you. But apparently, it takes like three that. months to get it. Oh, right, okay. So I've been trying. Apparently, you, you, there's loads of tutorials on YouTube as well. Have you been, have you been watching them? Yeah, still got to do it. Oh, no. I've not really been putting the time in to practice it, really, because essentially it's quite silly. There must be a noise. <laughs> there must be a noise that you can do that like no one else can do that you feel really Maybe. proud of. I can do a decent baby crying. It's just because I've only been exposed go on, to go it. Go on, go on, go on, go <laughs> on. But no one wants that. <laughs> That, that that doesn't rock a club. Are you, you sure? You can't do that on a mic. People be like, boo. You can't do anything with that at all. I could do something. I don't know if you want to hear it. I'd love to hear it. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking awful. That was great. It's horrible. No, it is quite annoying. But it, it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate you trying. That was great. No, I, I had, I had. There was a thing I, that I was doing in some of my sets for a while. I've stopped doing it now because it's really weird. Um, I just used to do it for my own amusement, where I'd like mime, like a baby being blended in a blender. You'd mime it. Yeah, I'd be like sound mimes. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like doing like a. I'd be like. <laughs> but i'd like acted out and everything oh i could have done it because we're anyway and then i'd like like be like and like mime drinking it and then the crowd would be like oh fucking real or i'd be like um you know too real i'll be like you love that that's your favorite just yeah i stopped doing it after a while because it, it's a really weird thing to do it spoils the vibe sometimes i do it and it's just difficult to win them back for the next couple of minutes but. 
That's funny. Yeah. I meant to tell you <laughs> as well, um, this is a completely different um, subject, but it's it's such a small world. So I thought I'd take it. Because I do, I do stand up. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, I appreciate it. will be that. okay, thank though. you. You'll be all right. I will, I'll be all right. But I've done gigs with your brother. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Foreman, Jay right? Foreman. Also, also a very talented musician. Jay's way more talented than me. He's a genius. Jay is a genius. Check out Jay Foreman on the internet. Yeah. He does these edutainment videos about infrastructure projects in London that were never completed, which sounds very dull, but because he's a genius, they're the funniest, most engaging thing yeah. you'll ever see. He's great, and I had no idea you two were brothers. And he does well. these incredible comedy songs that are mm. beautiful and bittersweet and dark, and um, he's kind of like the sort of Roald Dahl of Stanmore. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> which way you're from, right? Stanmore. Yeah, exactly. He's brilliant, though. Yeah, he's so brilliant. Shout out Jay Foreman. Jay Foreman. I've been stuck in, in traffic area. with Jay Foreman. Really? Yeah, on the way back from a gig, I was stuck in traffic with him, and he made me play. Oh, sweet! <laughs> Small world. He made, and he well, he actually he was the only comedian who would do a, a free gig when I I was at school doing comedy, and I wanted to put on a comedy show at my school, and he um he came out just for it. I said I'd pay his cab fare, and he oh bless his came heart. down and did it. Yeah, oh, he's a good egg. And uh, but yeah, when we were <laughs> when we were stuck in when we were stuck in traffic, he tried to make me play. Um, has he ever made you play the like the categories game? Categories game where so you'll say a category like Simpsons characters, right? And then you'll say how many you think you can name. Oh, yeah, that's a good game. Did you, do you, you want to learn that now? from him? Yeah, should we play Let's it? Let's play it now. Okay. Okay, you but you have to pr- you have to like prove it. Yeah. If you don't know, if you, like if you if if someone says to you prove it, you don't think you can do that many. You have to keep going yeah. up. I think. Okay. That's do you want to choose a category? Simpsons characters. Simpsons. How many Simpsons characters can I name? Yeah. I think I can only name seven. Really? Only seven? It's been a while since I've watched The Simpsons. I think I can name at least 15. What, how do we... Who wins this? Well, I think if you I, get your... You know, I think I win... Because I think you've said your maximum straight away. Is it in, in the, the accuracy of your prediction of how many you can name? Or is it in the... I think it's just if you can't do it, you lose. <laughs> this is a really oh, short game. Oh, uh, Apu, Marge, Homer, Barney, Bart, Lisa, Maggie... Um, Lieutenant, uh, oh, fucking Lieutenant, isn't there? A, wait, no, don't help me. Uh, shit, it's been so long since I've seen the fucking Simpsons. You really can only do seven. Oh no, I stopped at eight, so I've already. Um, no, you've just said Lieutenant. Lieutenant Chalmers, superintendent. Superintendent, Chalmers. yeah, not Lieutenant. Uh, well, fuck you. Um, I that I won. Yeah, well done. <laughs> you won. Thanks, I've Jay. I just decided <laughs> I won. No, there's loads more. I'm sure game. I can. Yeah, maybe I can name like fifteen. Okay, so did I lose? Um, You've got no, you won. You got to yeah. fifteen now. I'm, oh God, wait! I've got to do fifteen. Do they have to be different to the ones I named? But I just handed this to you on a plate. I just told you eight. Yeah. But maybe that uses up all the good ones. Uh, I'm go- okay. I'm just going to do the rest. Go on. Okay, because obviously I know yours. And then um, do it. Flanders. Dead air. You didn't say terrible Flanders. podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, Flanders. Yep. And. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to do, do some tense sounds for you. Monty Burns and uh, what's, what's Burns' is, um, what's this boy called? How do, how much this is this is the worst podcast I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Two men trying to think of Simpsons characters. Yeah, maybe Jay, you've ruined this. You fucking ruined this. This was going so well. We're in a flow. 
I was PRing my single, I was talking about my history, and suddenly you come along and you ruined it, Jay. Don't book Jay Foreman. He might be brilliant, but he's an arsehole. <laughs> right. uh, well, this has been fun. This has been As a great. guest, I'm wrapping this up. <laughs> okay, well, from now on, let if it I be I'm so. not going to put any effort in it. <laughs> I'll do some drum and bass. <laughs> with some you know, weird contemporary classical howling. <laughs> That's how I feel inside most of the time. Just thought you should know. Just keep it real. Keep Fantastic. It real. Thank so. you so much for coming along, Beardy Man. Thank you, man. And I'm sorry about everything. I won't do it again. That's okay. I'm 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 sorry for how bad I was at that Simpsons game. Um, well done. You're um, fired. Yeah. <laughs> Day one. Be honest with yourself. Okay, thank you everyone for, for tuning in. <laughs>